Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usebookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 14. I have 10. JB has the other four. Uh, today's topic, I, I kind of been thinking about this all week, so i kind of been like holding this in. And just for insight here, I don't give JB the topic until the day of the uh, podcast, right? Minutes. So <laughs> it, it's a good aspect of it, right? Because I've had time to think, but you don't have time to think. So I think it's, I think this is how it has to be, right? We're not sitting here writing notebooks. Watch Maybe me I, scramble. Yeah, yeah. Watch JB scramble, kind of give you on the fly answers, more realistic answers, because I've been sitting here all week. I'm probably a lot harsher th that way, honestly. <laughs> it's more truthful. We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely is because, you know, you just you don't have time. You just got to answer the question. But today's topic is going to be working hard. Does that equate to success when it comes to reselling? We all know a lot of resellers. I mean, I would almost say, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say almost all resellers because I know a lot of resellers don't work that hard and expect results. So a lot of resellers spend a lot of time and energy doing things in the business. But just because you're spending a lot of time in your business, does that mean your business is going to be successful? I'm going to let you take it away here. You can take it wherever you want because this is just the beginning of it all. Well, I think a lot of resellers waste a lot of time researching and, instead of doing. And then even the doers, if you're doing it incorrectly, let's say you're trying to make 10 cent profit books or you're making crappy listings on eBay, that's a waste of time, right? Well, you're making some money, but are you making as much money as you could be? So how you invest your time instead of putting in massive hours, I think is a detriment versus doing it smartly and then putting in the massive hours. And if you're part-time, you don't have to put in your massive hours, but it's probably even more important that you use your hours smartly. Do you think resellers know their hourly wage? By and large, no. I think they just do what they can and hope for the best. I would agree with that. I would probably say, you know, probably 80% of resellers wouldn't know their hourly wage if they had to break it down. Because yeah. there's a lot of things, right? Sourcing, prepping, listing, shipping. Um, it's not just, you know, when you get the sale, that's not the only time, right? You're there. That's literally the smallest chunk of time when it comes to your overall business. And there's so many things that you can do. Like you said, you waste, what would it be like low, low outcome uh, task or like, I don't know, low revenue task that you're, you put a lot of time into. You kind of got to cut that out. And honestly, I've done it this past year. I went from listing $12.99 on eBay to $20 on eBay. So it's, one of those things where you have to adapt your business just because something might work here or there, or it's worked in the past. You always have to be changing different things. Like you have any examples for yourself, like kind of where you decided I'm not getting enough bang for my buck when it comes to something, you know, when I'm doing this or that in your business where that you said, all right, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, Going to the mom and pop thrift stores, just any of them didn't really matter. And it wasn't me looking at, okay, how much am I spending at this store and how much am I pulling away from that dollar amount? Um, Relooking at the numbers, 
and adjusting to say, okay, I'm going to focus on these, but if they don't got any, I will go to these others that are, yeah, they're more expensive, but they're last on my list instead of mixed in or at the top of my list. So reprioritizing where I source from was huge for me. Um, and another thing that you said, um, putting a lot of time into things that don't really produce any money, I very much agree with that. Everything you do should produce money. So if it doesn't produce money, why are you doing it? Um, now, the other thing, like taking out the trash, sure, that's a thing that needs to get done. But have you done everything to make you the money for the day before you took out the trash? It's the best way I can put it. So it's almost as if uh, we waste a lot of time here with little different things that might pop up in the day and kind of drag that out when we could, you know, look at, just look at everything in an aspect of, well, if you want to be making $20 an hour, you just break everything down, right? It's all math. It's all numbers game, no matter what you're reselling. It's how much are you selling? What are you selling it for? How much are you making? We got to do the same thing with your time, right? You have an expectation that you want to make X amount of dollars in a month. So you just backtrack that, right? You would, you just break down the month into how many, how many hours you're working a week. Then you kind of can break down to what you need to make per hour while you're actively in your reselling business, doing work inside of the business. We're not just talking, you know, random things around the place, but when you're, when you're locked in, when you're clocked into your reselling job, we all know there's no clock. You got to punch. You have to kind of be focused and basically be the most productive person that you can, or you're not going to get the results. And what happens, I think this is why a lot of people quit is because they, they spend all this time, right? You list a thousand books. Well, the average price of you listing those books was eight bucks. The time it takes you to list those books is talking weeks and they're not selling. Well, it comes down to you wasted all your time and energy on something where you didn't do the research and you didn't maybe see that, Hey, the self through on these books is once a month, right? You're not, you're not seeing there's 50 listed and only four sold on eBay. Like you're never going to sell that book for $10 unless you, you you lower the price to $3 and you're losing money. So it's it's a double-edged sword. You have to value your time and you just take it back from you. What you want to make per month, break it down how many hours you want to work a week and then go from there. And then you're going to have to tweak your business, right? Because if you, if you already started, like say today, you decided you want to make $50 an hour and I say, hey, if you want to make $50 an hour, you're going to have to go back and reevaluate your business and probably change a lot of things because now this is what you want to make. It's more money than previously, or maybe you didn't even have a goal for how much you wanted to make. And now all of a sudden you got to take a step back. And I think it's I think it's good to to cut like low, low return time and investments in your business. I think it's almost a must if you want to survive going forward. Right. And then you also got to think about I mentioned over researching, I think at the very beginning here. So on that, you're trying to figure out how to make $50 an hour. You don't need to sit down and write a hundred things that can make you $50 an hour. Write down a couple, go with them. Okay. I didn't make $50 an hour. I made 30. Now it's back to the drawing board and adjusting. You don't have to have it fine tooth, perfect outline. Sometimes you just got to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks in all honesty. You work 14 hour days, some days, right? So yeah. I would I would challenge you that do you think maybe you had one or two days where you possibly spent 14 hours working listing items and you probably are not going to get nowhere near back the amount you should get from all that time you spent working those 14 hours that day? Absolutely. Because sometimes I list stuff. I don't know if this thing will ever sell. And some of them do, but most of them won't. But um, that's even look. Well, you can look at Terapeak. You have tools. Um, you can look at the solds, 
sometimes there are no sold for the kind of stuff I sell. So I have no idea if it'll ever sell, to be honest. I hope it will. But I do the best job I can with the quality listings and I do volume. Um, so I sell enough where it's worth it because some, I'll be honest, some stuff, I have no idea if it'll ever sell. I really don't. So you, you kind of hit it on the head here, right? You do volume. So yeah. you're, you're there working no matter what you're just doing quantity, quantity and quality for a lot of yeah. your stuff that doesn't exist. Now yeah, for somebody quality and quantity. <laughs> yeah. Quality and quantity. So that's why it's it a, takes the 14 hours. So it's a little bit different, but I think, I think it, the big difference is if you're doing this, you know, kind of, you're not doing the quality, but you want to do quantity. You still have to be selective about your spots where you're picking and choosing. Cause a lot of people, you know, your listings are top notch when it comes to, you know, paperback books from the eighties back. Nobody's going to have a better listing than you. So you can charge a premium price, but yeah. for somebody that doesn't want to do that and just list the book, one photo or stock photo, you're never going to see results. Even if you sit there for 14 hours a day and for 14 hours a day for the whole year, and you're just lazy with doing the, the little things, even though you're working hard, right? I'm not sitting here saying you're not working hard. You're spending, you know, 12, 14 hour days listing that doesn't mean you're going to be successful and make money. Right. I mean, look at the, and again, you mentioned volume. Look at the other big dog eBay sellers on eBay. They got stock photos. You're lucky if you get condition notes out of those guys, but they've sling up so much. It doesn't matter. And they got machines and they got full-time staffs in order to do that. Us little guys, we can't do that. So in my opinion, you got to do both. If you're full-time, you got to do the quality and the quantity. 40 is a lot. And I plan to go to 50. I don't know. It's rough, man. But I do know if I keep this up, the money rolls in and it has rolled in. Because uh, like when I first started eBay, it was like 15, and then 20, and then 25, then 30, 35. I did 40 over the summer. That's before, that was when eBay was a little easier. Then they junked me down with their update and went back down to 30. Now I'm back up to 40 now that I've gotten used to the new update. But it's rough. It's a rough gig. If you didn't take photos and use stock photos and didn't do all the item descriptives uh, that you that you do, uh, what do you think your your sales percentage fall off would be? Fifty to seventy five percent, and I would have to start slinging instead of forty listings a day. I'd probably have to sling maybe hundred hundred to catch back up to where I am. So, right. I mean, that, that kind of sums up everything, right? It, you're basically saying 50% of your business would go away, if not more. If you, you worked hard, right? You're listing, you, you just, you just listen all these books. You don't care about photos, item description, condition notes. Yeah. You're working hard. You're still, you're still out there listening, creating a listing for 200 books a day or whatever. You're still going to see, it's not going to equate to sales. And I think that's not even just in media. I think it's across the board, like, especially with like clothing, a lot of, a lot of clothing sellers, it, it can be such a time sink and you're working hard. You're taking all the photos, you're doing all the measurements, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, you're going to make money just because you're putting up a hundred listings. If they're garbage listings, who cares? They're never going to get seen in eBay's algorithm and it's never going to sell. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit it on the head too. Like if, if we kind of switch it to Amazon here is if you're, if you're just uh, chasing after, you know, 50 cents dollar profit books, by the time they get in, get repriced once, you're going to be losing money. So all the effort of going out to the thrift stores, buying the book, bringing it home, labeling it, boxing it up, taking it to UPS, that all turns into wasted time when you're not making money, right? Once it goes negative, 
everything that was attached to that item was a waste of time. Right. And let's just say you're, you're even putting in falling apart books listed as very good into your boxes. Um, I think that laziness can get you into trouble. So putting the thought and care to check it, Oh, flip, do the quick flip, see if there's any underlining or highlighting. Some, some people don't even do that. They just put it in the box and send it up and hope nobody complains. I think people have to start to, to, to streamline the processes that are making them the most money, right? Prepping books is not going to make you any money. <laughs> I'll sit here and say it till, till, till I'm gone, till a used book guy is long gone. Why, why are we wasting time cleaning and prepping books when they're all going to be good condition? You're not going to get any extra money listing of every good. Waiting, waiting in line to get the sale might happen once in a blue moon, but you're not going to last. You're not going to survive. I don't, if, you're, if you have a business where you do very good, or or higher and you only price off very good or higher you're not going to be successful selling media on amazon i guarantee you that so it's things where you have to get your time back and basically you're, you're going to make the most money when you're sourcing right that's you're out there you're finding a profitable items everything else needs to be streamlined and even when you're sourcing like we said you have to make sure you're sourcing quality stuff or if it's not as good quality you're getting it for nothing right so you you spend a quarter to make five bucks. That's perfectly fine if it's going to take a little bit to sell, but you don't want to be chasing low profit, low margin items, because if it doesn't sell, you got to put it on sale. If it's on eBay, run a promotion. And then when you sell it, it's going to be at a loss or break even. And then you even have to invest more time by packing, shipping it, dealing with the customer. If there's a refund, then it's back to you. And then you're even in the hole even more. It's like, it's like a, a never ending circle of death when it comes to reselling. Pretty much. I mean, Doing something over and over again, expecting a different results, definition of insanity, right? So if you're doing the same old stuff and you're not making any more money and you're not growing, you're insane. I think a lot. I think a lot of I, I was a lot of resellers work way too hard for what they're making. Yeah, I mean, even myself, I worked really, really hard this year on eBay, and I, I showed you what I make, and it was decent, wasn't great, but I do know it compounds if I do that year after year after year. Um, and then I guess I should tell everybody my smart play that I'm doing for myself. Should I, Mike? Yeah, go for it. So I'm going to focus this year on growing my Amazon business. And though I built my eBay business up a lot, I'm going to taper back a little on my listings. I think I'm going to drop down to somewhere between 15 and 20 listings a day, which is half or less than half of what I currently list. My store is built up enough. I think I'm over 6,000 current active listings. But I think the smarter play for me, because I know the money's better at Amazon, at least quickly. Uh, there's money in eBay. It's just a little slower because you got to you gotta build the machine, right? Um, and I'm still going to do both, but I need to focus on Amazon, I think, to get me the working capital I need to refocus back in eBay. Because I think... The Amazon focus is a smart play for my eBay business, even though my eBay business is going to suffer in the short term. So it's 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 one of those things you have to, I mean, you basically just said, right, you're ready to pivot your whole business. I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, uh, Johnny B, I've been doing this for years, right? I'm not changing nothing, even though I'm not getting the results I want, because this is how I've been doing it. I've been selling on eBay and Amazon for 35 years. You're not going to tell me any different. Well, what are your results? Why, why, why are you complaining that sales are slow, right? It's, it's one of those things where it works both ways. 
you can't complain about something and not be willing to change your business. Everybody has to always be ready to change their business model up at the drop of a dime. Something goes south, something happens, something changes. Kind of like you, right? They they updated the eBay listing thing. And it's like, why would you guys do this? Now I literally have to go back, figure out how I can do this efficiently. But yeah. you were ready to make the change when a lot of people probably, you know, drug it out for months and months and they still aren't listing what they were. You kind of be you got to be ready to adapt and just don't work hard just to work hard. Right. No one cares. I don't if you're like, hey, Mike, I worked 14 hours today. Well, good for you. How much money did you make? Well, I made 100 bucks. Well, you're an idiot then. Right. Good for you for working 14 hours. But if it doesn't translate to to basically money, because that's what reselling all boils down to your time for money, then who cares? Sure. Yeah, you're you bust your butt and you can work as hard as you want. But I'm the opposite. I want to work as little as I can most efficiently and make a whole lot more than somebody that's going to work 14 hours a day. Good for them. Some people like to just grind things out. But I challenge people that are doing that to, to get smarter. And basically, if you're working those kind of hours, you need to be clearing a whole bunch of money. Right. And I'll back that claim up. I didn't clear a whole bunch of money. I cleared a decent chunk. So... I think if I were to invest those same kind of hours in Amazon, because like you said, people like that. I love it. Um, I would have a better return on my capital. And I'm not neglecting eBay. eBay is still part of my machine and operation. And it's going to come full circle again down the road, um, probably bump it up to some number I'll decide on later um, and go higher than where I'm at now. Um, and I'm not pulling the trigger till. Amazon opens the doors because I got books ready to go, send all those out, scan my duds, uh, see what pops green again, merchant fulfill, all that stuff. So that's where my time is going to be invested is processing my own inventory and sourcing a heck of a lot more. Um, I still do bulk buys. I'll still do that. Um, but I may go into more mom and pop thrift stores than I did this year or try some other new avenues, library sales, out of state kind of deal. It's uh, I guess it's a good day to pick this because in the uh, in our Discord, if you join the YouTube channel, um, Paul was talking about to today that he was in touch with a library, and they said, hey, you can we'll sell you all the extra leftover books at you know twenty cents a pound. You can have everything after the sale. Well, I challenged him. I said, hey, the same thing actually came up to me this past year. Right, local library said, hey, we have a huge sale. You can come take everything that's left over. The previous guy that was doing it uh, no longer is doing it. Well, luckily for me, that was a fellow YouTuber, Side Hustle Experiment. John, he lives right across the river. He used to do bulk books by the truckload. So nice. I reached out to him and I said, hey, what are the odds that this other bookseller that isn't doing it this year is you? And he said, no crap. Yeah, that's me. Uh -huh. So I, I, uh, I probed him. I said, hey, you know, like what's going on? Like, give me some insight. He said, it's a complete waste of time. Everything's picked over. You're not going to find nothing. And you wind up just taking everything to the Goodwill outlet bins and dropping it off in a U-Haul and just redonating it. So don't do it. So I kind of I kind of use that experience to tell him like, hey, it might sound decent, right? It might be one of those things where, oh, you might you might get some, but the the hard work, right? Where the hard work it's going to take to probably you're going to have to rent a U-Haul most likely. You're going to have to probably hire somebody. I don't, I mean. Listen, Paul's in good shape, right? But when you got pallets and pallets and books, you got to box up and get into the back of a U-Haul. Ain't nobody, not even Arnold in his prime is going to be able to do that. So that's another thing you run into. So you work you work super hard to get all these books, but they, it winds up being for nothing. You spend maybe a month going through them all just to find nothing. 
Right. Um, and I've done bulk buys like that where I get barely any greens. Um, you, like you said, maybe they've been overly picked over. I mean, the price was right. I didn't overpay for the books, right? Because it's a bulk deal. Um, and I think that's just the nature of the game. But you can readjust for that. Okay. And if it's a repeatable source, maybe you don't buy from that repeatable source or tell that source, hey, I these were kind of all over the place and they're rather old and rather tattered. I don't know where you're getting your stuff from. I don't care where you're getting your stuff from. But if you can get me some better quality items, maybe some newer things, i.e. barcodes, um, that would be very helpful to me. If not, cool. Uh, and it gets better. So Joe responded and said, hey, I had the same thing happen to me. But instead of taking everything, I said, well, I can come over after the sale, scan through your stuff and take any ones that are still profitable for me. And that actually worked. And that actually got him the the relationship. Right. So Paul was like, well, if I go do this, then maybe that'll be my in at the library. So maybe that's your connection. Right. Well, my challenge to that is if they have a huge book sale, they're probably not going to be giving away their donations like some of the smaller libraries, kind of like mine. So you're that relationship really not going to mean anything. But if you're going to do it right, maybe go Paul's route where it's a whole lot less work and the payoff can be exactly the same, right? He went, he picked through everything that was left over. He found some green and now going forward, he has that relationship and he can show up to the library sale early, et cetera. So it, it's one of those things where Joe said, all right, well, this sounds good, but how can I make this work for me? I don't want to do all the work of a truckload of books. I, it's not something I'm interested in, but you still kind of wiggle your way in and say, yeah, I'll come by, take a look, scan some stuff, see if I can buy anything from you guys to help out. Right. And there's so much you can refine in your business. If you just take the time to think about it, maybe it's your shipping. Like is, is you line up your books all up in advance or you pick them one at a time. What saves you the most time, like pick and pack. Um, and then maybe you need a more efficient route to your post office or your UPS drop-off location. What maybe you do some research investigating a route. Cause if you're caught getting traffic, well, Maybe you adjust a different route for that or you go at a different time. There's there's all kinds of little nuances that you can adjust to make A, your life better and your B, your business better. You got to look at what you're currently working hardest on first, right? I'm not saying everything you're working hard on is a broken system. That's not the case. But you want to start with the things you're working the hardest on because you're working the hardest on it, right? It's the hardest thing for you to do. So those are the things you kind of want to look at first, whether it's be, you know, peeling off the thousand stickers on your goodwill books every week, like me, mm -hmm. it drives me nuts. Um, that's something I would want to visit first, see if there's any ways I, I can make it better, like sl slapping a thank you sticker over in the thrift store sticker, not peeling off the sticker. Um, that made, that would probably save me time and effort, a bunch of effort, a bunch of burning my fingers with a heat gun, right? So that's where you want to start. If you, you just work your way from the top down, what you work hardest on, and see if there's any little tweaks. And sure, right, if you save 10 seconds on something, who cares? Well, if you're doing that a thousand times every week, that 10 seconds multiplied is going to add up to a whole bunch of time. No, absolutely. I mean, 10 seconds times a thousand, that's a lot of minutes, right? Maybe even hours. So you, you got to figure out things like that out. Um, and then you can, okay, I'm at 10. Can I shave 12? And then it gets even better, right? Um, little things like that. Um, even when you're sourcing, uh, think about how you source. Do you just start in the middle and then go top and then down? Or do you start at the bottom, go to the middle, and then go up? Or if they're all up on a, on a row, maybe you 
sling things down and make a separate pass for things you have to open. Like if you turn the book sideways or a different position so you can identify them. Um, Cause switching, switching between scans and how you scan that, that's a time sink, right? Yeah. And luckily for me in retail, uh, when we would reset like planograms and everything, you go four foot section by four foot section. So if you see in the shelves, when you're out in a thrift store, there's usually a break every four foot where there's another shelf that's on there or a bookcase, right? For a lot of us, it's just bookcases. So you take one four foot section at a time or one bookcase at a time, left to right, top to bottom. That's how I do it. I feel like it's most efficient for me. I don't go top shelf all the way down, that shelf all the way down. What happens when you start doing that is you get a lot of people that start filling in different spots, right? So I'm scanning, you come over to look at the books and now I got to figure out where I'm at on the second shelf all the way down and I got to go back and then I got to skip over you in the middle becomes too much but if you're at the, that one section kind of can set your bag down and say hey set your flag wave your flag like this is my territory right nobody's going to come into your four foot section a lot of the time and so you can easily focus you know exactly what you're doing and just try to like tweak things like that like you said it's, go it's going to add up in the long run and right. you don't want to just be working hard you don't want to be having to jump all over and figure out where you left off just because you can do it right it, just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah, that's the thing. Um, maybe even here, here's a huge hack. Maybe getting up an hour earlier, or if you don't get up an hour earlier, maybe be staying up an hour later. That's the biggest hack because your our biggest precious resource, other than money, in this business is time. Time is a huge thing. It's time transfers basically to. Just because, hey, well, I'll, I'll challenge you. I get up an hour early, but I don't do nothing. I just lay in bed for the hour. That's not that's not productive, right? That's not – he's talking about if you're going to stay up an hour or get up an hour earlier, then you got to be as productive as you can, and you don't want to be working so hard and not seeing the results. And I think – I seriously think that's why a lot of people quit reselling is because they do all this listing, they do all this work, and you don't get the results because you're not, you don't have, you know, your, your processes down to a T and what works best. And there's so many things that go into it besides working hard, especially with eBay. There's so many other things that affect eBay. eBay doesn't care how hard you work. Amazon doesn't care how hard you work. It's what you're doing correctly. That's going to drive the sales, not just because you're working hard. Sure. If you go, if you have any job and you, and you bust your butt, you'll probably get a big raise. You'll get noticed in the company. But when you're on your own, you have your own business. Listen, nobody cares. You know, you, sure you can you can you can message me on YouTube and say, "Hey, I listed a thousand items on eBay," and I'll say, "Hey, you're working a whole lot harder than me. Good for you." But other than that, there ain't no hey, good job. I see, I see you're working super hard, JB. I'm gonna buy you lunch today. That doesn't exist. Well, gee, Mike, I want lunch. I know. No, he's right. Um, like even with me, I'm talking about eBay and dropping down. And I know if I were to stick with it, it would compound and compound and compound and be great. And it still will be great. Don't get me wrong. But I know what I want to do long term, and I have to plan for the long term, even though in the short term, I may be having to stay, take a step back from eBay slightly because it's still going to list, right? I mean, 15 a day, 20 a day, something like that. Um, but my primary focus is going to be, okay. Amazon's this year. Got to really focus on that. Maybe it's uh, an employee the year after that. Maybe it's some scanning software the year after that, or maybe one of those fancy conveyor belts the year after that. Well, be realistic. Those things are expensive. Five years after that. Um, and then maybe, okay, 
it's time to ramp up the eBay. We got all the nice toys. We got all the nice equipment. We got all the nice people. Let's let's focus on eBay and expand the business even more. Or maybe there's a different thing that comes online. Maybe it's, I don't know, what's a funny one to sling books on? Poshmark. Something like that. We're expanding into Poshmark. Stuff like that. Working hard doesn't mean you're not wasting time. You can waste a whole bunch of time working really, really hard. And I think that those two are kind of, you know, those two are the big ones here that just because you're working hard doesn't mean you're not wasting time. There's a lot of people out there, like we said, working really hard and they're wasting a bunch of time doing things they shouldn't be doing. You're just not getting a return. You're not getting a return on your investment and time is your investment. I don't care what you pay at the thrift store. That means nothing when we're talking about having a business, growing a business and, and not wasting time and, you know, working hard because you can get things for free and work as hard as you want, but nobody cares if you're not making no money and you're just wasting a whole bunch of time. Right. And then, I don't know. I mean, how do we get the most out of our day? That's what I wake up thinking. What can I get the most out of my day? I've made my routine. I made my schedule for the day, but is there something I could switch around to make it more efficient, make it a better day profitability? Okay. I had planned to go to five stores, but if I, okay, maybe I look up some Facebook marketplace books in those five store areas, I can bring home even more. And I'm not, I haven't driven any further. I may have spent a little bit more time, but that's going to mess me up for later down here for time allocated there. Okay, well, then maybe I'll just stay up an hour later to adjust for that so I can bring home more money at the end of the day. Things like that. I think that's how we have to think. How can we make our day the best day it can be? Would you want, so this is this is something that just popped in my head here, and it's hard to kind of word, right? So do you want your hardest task, like your hardest working task, to be the easiest task? Now, that's, that sounds like, what the heck are you talking about? You just said your hardest task being your easiest task. Well, for me, if it's peeling stickers, I'm kicked back in my chair. I got a video going on the TV and I'm just peeling stickers, right? So yeah, it's my hardest task, but it's not really hard because I can do it in the luxury of my home. So I'm making my hardest tasks more convenient, right? I'm not peeling stickers out in the freezing weather or anything like that or out while I'm at the thrift stores and I buy the books and I peel the stickers in my car because I want them off right away, anything like that. It's kind of ways where you can make your hardest task be more enjoyable is that is that kind of the word i'm looking for like make your make the thing you hate doing the most more enjoyable whether that's listening to a podcast uh, listening to music or something like that right and even taking that a step further maybe you do that sucky thing first get it over with rip the band-aid off get it and enjoy the rest of your day because that worst part of the day is gone yeah uh, and it, you, you just hit it right on the head right i don't peel stickers every day I do it once a week if I had to peel stickers every day, dude, forget about oh. it. I'd be done. I'd be closing up shop. I'm not doing it, right? And the crazy part is that's what a lot of people do. I went out for the day. I got 150 items. Now I got to come home, peel those stickers today. Well, I would challenge you to be more efficient by saving it all on one day so you can focus up, know exactly what you're doing, the task at hand. That's why I ship and, and prep all in the same day because I know, hey, today, shipping and prepping day. You get it done. There's no other distractions. You know, this is what you got to do. Right. And distractions, that's a good one. I mean, do you really need to answer every text message from Facebook that comes your way? Do you? Or do you need to be outsourcing? Do you need to be out scanning? Do you need to be out peeling stickers? What it, prioritizing your day, I think, is very vital. 
So all those distractions, you are in control of those distractions. I know it's hard to resist that temptation, but you are in control of them. Maybe turn the phone on mute or put your phone in a drawer or not even that. Maybe maybe you're watching too much TV or listening to too many podcasts or video casts when you should be working. You got, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm saying, well, maybe reallocate some of your time. You do it for this long and then you do your work. You think a lot of a lot of resellers misconstrue what hard work actually is? That's a good question. I think they have a basic concept of what hard work is, but then when they do it and they're like, oh no, I'll redo it this way to make my day easier, but it's less work at the end of it, right? So I think it's based on a case by case basis. And then you have those resellers that yeah, this is hard work. I got I got to pull up my bootstraps and get it done. Um, and then I got to figure out after it's done, how can I make it better and easier for myself? So I think there's two types. Uh, one's the, it's too hard, Mike. It's too hard. I can't do that. Well, no, you can do that. You just got to figure out how to do it smarter. So if it's too taxing for you, like you mentioned the sticker things, well, maybe do the stickers once a, once a week. So those kind of people have to think that way. And then you got the guys um, that, okay, stickers suck. I'm only, I got to do it every day though, or they think they do. Uh, I'm going to allocate 20 minutes a day to do the sticker peelings, no more, no less. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.